This podcast is not intended for younger audiences. If you are younger than 18 years old, please turn this off. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Good grief. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. Woo! I am Dude One, Richard. Dude Two, Joe. That's it? That's all you that's all you gotta do? I spent all my energy on the Woo! You gotta you gotta learn to conserve it and build it up, man. Nah, you gotta go big or go home. And I'm uh I'm 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 going home. <laughs> it's it's i don't know if it's go big or go home or uh premature but anyway anyway um welcome everyone uh to a very special two dudes one double feature for a couple of reasons one it's the season finale of season two number two it is the finale to our five-part uh radio drama we've been doing two dudes one bad night which uh i'm really excited about and finally this is our big Halloween special. I know October, for the most part, it's pretty much been a Halloween special, but this one specifically focuses on Halloween. And timing-wise, Grant, it would have been nicer if it was on Halloween, but it's the day before. So, I mean, that's still pretty cool, the way that it landed like that. Oh, for sure. No, today's a really exciting episode, and 20 episodes in, I'm still having fun doing this, and I'm having fun doing this with, with a good friend, as always. And speaking of that good friend, how are you today? Just fine. All right, moving on. So, <laughs> I mean, you set it up and it was just too easy not to like, it's like T-ball. You just stuck it on the thing. I'm like, ready. It's like taking candy from a baby. And if there is someone who is a baby. No, <laughs> well, in regards to myself, I've been all right. I was... Actually watching the new Netflix adaptation of uh, Daphne du Maurier, I believe is the author's name, of her novel Rebecca, which was famously adapted into an Alfred Hitchcock-directed movie, which won Best Picture. And, you know, Laurence Olivier, Joan Fontaine, um, George Sanders, really good cast, and that was a great movie. This one... um, uh, is directed by Ben Wheatley, who will go on to direct The Meg 2, the giant shark movie. What a career. What a career. I believe he's directed other stuff, so... I think he did an A24 movie called Free Fire, I think. That's the only other... Like, it, it had, oddly enough, Army Hammer in it, who's in the new Rebecca, right? Yes, Army Hammer is in Rebecca. You know, movie star... Like, stars Army Hammer, uh, Lily James, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas... Yeah, other people that you'll definitely recognize from other things. Like, if you remember from, like, The Last Jedi, the guy who, the uh, the First Order guy who says, Fire on the base! Yes. He's in this movie, and he's uh, just absolutely good. The movie itself is just kind of whatever, and I don't know if that has to do with the fact that, you know, again, I've seen the original re- movie, Rebecca, and that, it's a great movie. I think it's actually kind of, I know it's weird to say about a Best Picture winner, but I think it's kind of an underrated Hitchcock movie um, because the movie sort of plays out 
in a weird light way like a ghost story without any ghosts i mean i guess it makes sense for hitchcock though given all the movies that he's made and you know that it would be underrated i get it it makes sense this one i just i just wasn't uh feeling that they're like i think everybody's well cast i think lily james was the ideal choice to play uh the new mrs de winter and you know army hammer is a great choice to play max uh kristen scott thomas i think is very good as mrs danvers she's probably she might arguably be the best part but overall there wasn't anything in this that i thought was like oh this is way better than than the original or anything like that but also i haven't read the book so i don't know how people who are like fans of the book feel about it Mm -hmm. so that's like your only reference point is the original movie right yeah and even if i hadn't seen the original i don't think i would have would have really liked this movie anyway hmm I feel like it, it, it more just want it more wants to be a, a period piece kind of thing than it does like something that is a little more thrilling or um you know a little more ooh man this is this is uh, kind of creepy in certain areas you know which there are some creepy parts like in the in the Hitchcock movie but just the Hitchcock movie's better if you can find that one that one's in the Criterion Collection it, it's a really it's a really good movie I definitely recommend that one. This one, uh, if you like Lily James and Army Hammer, fine. If you want to see attractive people, be attractive. But there you go. I mean, just go on Instagram. You can do it. It's so much easier. <laughs> you probably get more out of it. Does not require <laughs> a Netflix uh, subscription. So <laughs> no, just unfortunate supporting of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, but no i'm sorry it stunk i kind of have an experience that relates to that a little bit because a little while ago as you know uh we talked about the witches on the podcast Mm -hmm. we talked about uh, which we loved it's great movie angelica houston is fantastic and uh briefly at the end of that we mentioned um that there was a new one coming out and then like we were surprised how it you know came out this year and that uh, it was coming out so soon, and you know, obviously, its schedule clearly was affected with everything going on in the world right now. Um, I watched that because uh, it came out a couple days ago, and it's, mm, it's yeah, uh huh, it's a movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say that much. Um, it's I'm not like I I'm not upset or I'm not let down by it because i wasn't really expecting a lot from it like i had i had some hope because there are some great people like i love octavia spencer and stanley tucci and uh anne hathaway obviously guillermo del toro and alfonso Cuarón being involved the and the sad thing is like robert zemeckis like beforehand would been would have been an exciting name to see as a director for a movie like that but obviously with like a lot of his more recent movies it doesn't feel like that anymore it's just I try, I try, whenever, like, a new adaptation of a book comes out, I try not to compare it to the original movie. I just want to, like, watch it for for its own thing. But even in that instance, I still wasn't, like, that into it. I will say, Octavia Spencer, like, I've heard some people say Anne Hathaway is the best. Octavia Spencer is amazing in this movie. Like, she's so good. Anne Hathaway is good, but I think the, and again, going back to the comparing thing, um... When you look at her and Angelica Houston, Angelica Houston, I was telling you about the, I was telling you this a little while ago. When Angelica Houston was like about to do something, like about to turn a kid into a mouse, like she was writhing with excitement. You know, she was just like, yes, this is going to happen. Like she was so happy about it. Whereas Anne Hathaway was just mad the whole time. She's, she was just 
absolutely pissed. Like, literally, like, she broke everything. Like, so much property damage, that hotel can't afford it. <laughs> That's just so rude. And, like, all she did was, like, scream and growl. And the and the worst part was, she had, she, I mean, she doesn't okay German accent, but because of the voice manipulation, you couldn't understand what she was saying half the time. But also, but I, but this might, this might be uh, uh, somewhat upsetting news for you, but they poorly used Tooch in this. I'm sorry. I mean, you might feel differently if you watch it, but I personally felt that Stanley Tucci was kind of held back, and it was sad. That's a real bummer. Yeah. So, it's... Just watch the 90s one. <laughs> like 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 you were saying about Rebecca, just sometimes the older one's just fine. And if you like the new one, that's awesome. It just, it just wasn't for me, honestly. But along with that, I also watched um, the new Borat movie, which has been in the news a lot lately. What with the the Rudy Giuliani thing, yeah, um, that movie's outrageous. I highly recommend it. I won't say much more because I it just it's one of those movies you have to watch to like really experience. But have you seen? Did you see? Did you see the first one at all, Joey? Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, another like memorable experience for sure. Oh yeah, uh, I would say I think the new one has a lot more heart actually, which is kind of it's kind of a nice change of pace. Especially because, like, he has a daughter in the movie, and, like, he has to, like, build a relationship with her, which I think works really well. Yeah, I didn't watch much else, honestly. Oh! Last week, I forgot to mention this. I've been trying to get some of those uh, Walt Disney signature Blu-rays, and I got Snow White. Yes, yes. And uh, when I was watching Snow White, it was the weirdest thing, because I hadn't seen that movie since I was like seven or eight years old and then watching it again after all these years, literally like after so long was so weird because I didn't think I was going to remember anything. I remembered so much. Like I remembered, um, the, the one dude tried to kill her and dropped the knife. I remember the echo in the well thing. I remember the woods, you know, obviously the more like famous scenes I remember cause you just see it and everything like in montages and like commercials and, the song, I think in like the new Disney commercial for Disney World, it has um, one of the songs like Hi-Ho, Hi-Ho, It's Off to Work We Go. So, But it was it was kind of a weird experience, but it was nice to revisit that. And that was a lot of cool. A lot of cool. It was a lot of fun. I, I did want to bring up to um, in more of sad, sad news um, relating to Snow White because uh, was it March Champion? Yeah. Who's I believe is like a dance. It was a dancer, but also was like a model for the live action like reference model for not only Snow White but also uh the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio. She also passed away at the uh at the age of uh, 101. That's a life. I want to just make note of that. But Snow White, I just want to I, I love that movie so much. It's it's one of those one of those mo- one of the few movies where I do cry at it sometimes like the scene where they get to the where they get to like where she's in the glass coffin and you see Grumpy start crying. Like the character that is just like, nah, I'm I'm fed up with this shit. You know, this is stupid. <laughs> hey, and then he, she's a she's a girl. What does she know? Ew, she's got cooties. And then he starts breaking down. You're like, oh no, don't do this, man. Don't do this to me. <laughs> it's just one of those. Um, it's just I I love the simplicity of Snow White. Like the songs, like a lot of the songs are just like like I love the princess song because there's no like complicated motives or anything like that or anything trying to be clever yeah. it's just like one song i have but one song 
I'm not going to keep singing that, but it's a, it's one of my, unironically, one of my favorite, some of my favorite Disney songs are in that movie. I would say you could have sang that song. I was, I was enjoying that, <laughs> but again, copyright. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it is, it's actually like another, like, um, interesting fact. If I'm not mistaken, I was reading this a while ago, Sergei Eisenstein, who is, you know, famous, famous filmmaker, pioneer in editing. And, you know, I'm, I know you're familiar with, with his work, um, if I'm not mistaken, I remember reading somewhere that that Snow White was one of his favorite movies. And it's a very when you look at Snow White, it is a very cinematic experience. Like they take they take every they take every like filmmaking tool that they had up to that time in 1930, you know, 1937 and they just used it. And then that literally was the foundation of the studio. I mean, the funny thing is, like people think about talk about Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi and all that, but outside of Dumbo and Snow White, the other feature films that Disney did because of World War II and all that were flops. So, like, Snow White was so successful, they were able to build a new studio and all this other, do all these other things with that money. But, again, after that, like, they did some other masterpieces, which were arguably, arguably even greater. Yeah. But then those movies didn't do so well until their re-releases, you know, many times, uh, many times later. No, I, I always love the story on the Blu-ray where... Uh, Walt Disney was mentioning how when they were having a premiere for a cartoon, how surreal it was to see major Hollywood stars at that time coming to see a cartoon in the theaters, like a big like movie premiere. And that's like that's like a really cool like experience, I'm sure, especially if like for someone that's getting into that thing and how like these days it's like common. It's like a commonplace thing. You know, you see animated movies being released in theaters and you just see tons of different celebrities showing up because it's a big thing at that time maybe it was a little bit different and so just having that experience be like wow all these like hollywood bigwigs are coming to see my cartoon that i did for like a couple of years and it was one of those one of those projects where like somebody told walt disney hey this isn't gonna work and then it ended up working it happened with mickey mouse and steamboat willie it happened with snow white it happened with disneyland it's kind of kind of funny like he was a Walt, Walt, and especially in the early part of his career, was a huge, like, risk taker. Mm -hmm. I think people forget that. I mean, there's a lot of other things we could talk about Walt Disney, like, with laborers and unions and all that stuff, unfortunately. But, like, he was a huge, like, big risk taker when you when you think about his films, especially when we think about Disney today. Like, Disney today is just like, oh, man, let's remake this. Oh, my God. You need it. We need to do Frozen 2. Where's Frozen 2? We need to do another one. Well, because Walt, because they did like the Three Little Pigs cartoon, but then they had a couple more Three Little Pigs cartoons that were not nearly as successful. And Walt was like, this is why I don't like sequels. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone should have taken his advice. No offense. I'm just saying. I would say real quick, speaking of Disney, um, and I know I've talked to you about this. This is kind of a like a like a sharp turn a little bit, but without going too much into detail, because a lot of that is just personal stuff going on at home. But uh at least coming up by by the time this uploads they'll they should be back but my mom and my sister are currently going to Disney World so it'll be on Monday when they go and it scares the hell out of me it's 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 definitely infuriating especially given like i said everything that that happened uh in regards to this but the best i can do is just hope that they play it smart play it safe stay on the property because Disney themselves have been, from what I've been hearing, doing pretty good as far as like keeping things under control, especially in Florida, who's doing awful right now. So I just, 
they probably won't hear this until they get back or even later because my sister's behind and listening to these because she it, she took a couple of days to listen to the Star Wars one, so she's she, 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 it'll be a second. But I just I, I just hope they get back safe and they keep their masks on and they don't do anything and just you know be wary of other people and stuff. So um, that's definitely something that's going through my head. But right now I'm just trying to focus on doing this podcast and just keeping my focus on other things. So I, I appreciate that we're doing this right now, honestly. I mean, for, for sure, dude, I'll be, I'll be thinking about them, thinking about you. Only thing I'm going to say, say to them, if they ever listen to this, I hope they listen to this before. So I, they, I could just say, do not treat the cast members there like crap. Yes, please don't. Please don't. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say that right now because they don't really have a choice um, in the matter. And that's all I'm going to leave that at. And uh, plus with like everything else that's going on with them too, with like, yeah, just, they don't need it. Uh, but going back to, to lighter fare, Snow White's great. <laughs> it's just the transition. <laughs> Did we get to mention um, the, the schedule shift yet? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, uh, in the Hocus Pocus, same like in the Hocus Pocus episode, I don't know if you guys remember, we had mentioned that uh, come November, December, we are changing our release schedule because first off, it's the holidays and it's going to be really tricky um, normally during the holidays, especially with our day jobs to be able to make one of these every week. Um, and then on top of that, we're in a pandemic and we don't know what the holidays are going to look like. And so it's just going to be better for us to... Uh, spread things out and uh, give us give ourselves more time and even have people come on in a couple episodes and co-host the show with us uh, like we have uh, Allison your your lovely your lovely uh, better half uh, is gonna be in our next episode after this and then my friend Alex hopefully because I, I need to talk to him but hopefully he'll be in the episode following that yes. But basically, we're going to be having um, the next week off, and then we're going to be uploading every other Friday from that point until pretty much the end of the year. And then we'll be back January 8th uh, with a regular schedule. And again, we don't know necessarily what's going to happen in the next few months. So we're just trying to work with what we have ultimately. So we'll keep you updated as far as all of this stuff. We're going to put, we, we'll post this stuff all on, on all of our socials and all that stuff. So, you know, we just want to give you guys the heads up. Um, and for those of you who just hopped into our show or just maybe became a fan recently, it'll give you more time to catch up on our, uh, our back catalog of episodes, especially because one of them's over almost four hours long. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> that'll give you, that'll give you, that'll give you uh, some time to finish that one up. But speaking of this podcast, let's get into our very first film. Well, TV special, actually, which is our first TV special. It's a very uh, interesting situation. So uh, for our very first film for the Halloween episode, we are talking about the 1966 television special Halloween tradition for ev for pretty much most everyone in the world. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Woo! So again, okay, there's a little bit more, con you're conserved there a little bit more, so now you can woo a little bit more later. All right. I'm yep. proud of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 now it's just silent. It's just... Woo! <laughs> 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 just that woo! And now it's just... Okay! <laughs> uh, so the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. 
uh, like I said, it came out in 1966. Um, one of the big specials based on the Charles Schulz uh, comic strips called you know, the Peanuts comics. Um, and uh, this one among how many are there? There's like three or four uh, holiday specials. Yeah, there, there's a couple, and not not to mention the fact too that some of them have like other version. Like, there's like a there's more than one Christmas special, if I'm not mistaken, you know. And but for me, it's like the only ones I remember are the Christmas one, the Thanksgiving one, and of course, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Woo! <laughs> uh, it was again. I'm sorry, I had to do it. So, do you? Here's my first question to you about this. Um, before we really get into it, um, do you remember the first time you watched this? I don't know if I remember the first time I watched it because it's been it was such a tradition when I was a kid just to watch it. So I don't remember a specific instance where I was like, you know, sitting down with the family watching it. I just remember just the vague memory of you know year after year doing it. But the funny thing is, everybody talks about like how they watched it on television. I watched it on VHS. I was, a, you know, I'm a '90s kid. Me too. So yeah, me too. The V, I still have the VHS t- type too, actually. But that's how I was exposed to uh, "It's the Great Pumpkin." Charlie Brown was uh, the wonders of physical media. Ah, oh, physical media. What a wonderful thing. Anyway, <laughs> just had a moment there. Um, do you, well, how about this? Do you remember the first time you saw anything Peanuts related? Like any, like the Charlie Brown cartoons or is, was it still like you're too, you were too young to remember? Yeah, it was, it's just kind of like one of those things where it just feels like it's just been in my, my life forever, Charlie Brown, you know? I was that sounds like a special. It's been in my life forever, Charlie Brown. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but like when you, when you think about, about the Peanuts, right? I mean, they've been around since... You know probably our parents childhoods at some point right you know yeah and it's been around for so many decades there was a movie that came out a, a, a you know a big i don't want to say the largest budgeted movie but like there was a major motion picture release for the peanuts yeah a couple years ago and it's one of those properties that is like it that is it's just kind of been around you know it's not necessarily like the like the, the hottest thing in town or not the hottest ticket, but it's it's kind of just it's kind of there, and people know people know what it is. Um, but with Charlie Brown, I would say it was probably either it was probably the Christmas one, uh, as far as the first one that I remember um, that I remember viewing. I mean, it, it's been a big part of our house. We even have like the 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 Christmas tree from that, like the really like like skinny skinny looking. Yeah, yeah, that was we we have that, and we have a couple like peanuts, like plushies that we put sort of. Um, around it with little life figurines and all that. So yeah, we do we definitely like the peanuts um here. Yeah, my dad my dad's a big peanuts guy, so he has that tree too. Um Oh wow. Yeah, he I I think he got it recently though. I think he found it or um someone found it for him. Um I don't know because he hasn't had it for a long time. Uh but whenever Christmas rolls around, I'm sure I'll see it. Um, or like a big Charlie Brown or a big Snoopy. I think there's actually a big Snoopy downstairs, but it's like a Halloween Snoopy. But it's not the the you know World War One the World War One flying ace. It's a, I think it's like a vampire Snoopy. Got it. Okay. I actually I I I do remember the first Peanuts anything that I watched, which was it was a football one. Yes, I remember that too. I I I was thinking about this. I was like, because I remember the Great Pumpkin. I remember the Christmas one. 
I even kind of remember one where I think this might be the other Christmas one, or it might be the Christmas one where there was like a play, uh, like they were putting on. It was like the manger or something. It was like like the holiday play. One of the characters, uh, uh, Peppermint Patty, was was like practicing her line. She kept going, "Hark, hark, hark." <laughs> she's like, and she's like, I don't want to mess this up, Chuck. So I do remember that. Uh, but the one I do remember seeing first was the football one. But obviously, because I like spooky things and because I like Halloween, the the Halloween one's the one I gravitated to the most. And admittedly, like it it is kind of a tradition, but I I don't actually watch it every single year. But you know, I just kind of go, I just kind of live off the you know, I just I just kind of live uh, randomly sometimes. So like Halloween will roll around, and I'll be like, I haven't watched a single scary movie this year. But whenever whenever I get a chance, I try to watch it. And this was actually nice because I hadn't seen it in a long time uh, watching it for this. Yeah, like I said, like I hadn't seen it in, it was probably almost, like probably 15, 20 years was the last time I remember like physically, like sitting down to watch it. Wow. You know, and there's definitely things I remember about it. Like the famous line that you and I both quote all the time. I got a rock. <laughs> I got three candy bars. I got a package of gum. I got a rock. <laughs> I was going to say, I still quote that every now and then. Like, even if it's not related to anything, I'll just be like, I got a rock. It's, there's some great, like, bits of dialogue in this. Like, like when, Li- when Linus... Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, when, when, when Linus is talking to, to Sally... And he's just like, I thought girls were supposed to believe in things, and they're all all innocent and stuff. And he's like, Welcome to the twentieth century. <laughs> I also I also love because um, this is something I I thought was I did I kind of like thought was the truth, but I didn't really learn it until I I read about it. But um, the football scene in this was like because that's a famous Peanuts moment is when Lucy pulls the football away from Charlie Brown. And, uh, you know, we, we just know it as a classic Peanuts moment, but, um, and it was in the comic strip, but this was, uh, apparently this was like the first time they actually put it in an animated special was when she did that was in, was in the great pumpkin, which I thought was really, um, interesting. But, uh, speaking of lines, I love when, um, Charlie Brown's just like, 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 nah, I'm not, I'm not falling for that football thing. And then she hands him a, a piece of paper and, he, and it was a signed document. He goes, it is, it's a signed document. This <laughs> little kid just like, it is. Oh my gosh. I'm going to kick that ball. <laughs> and then he, then he falls. And then Lucy's just like, you know, what's interesting about this. It was never notarized. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, I love, man. I love so much. I love the scene when they're putting the costumes on. Like everyone thinks of the Charlie Brown, uh, like with all the holes and stuff, which is hysterical. But when uh, Lucy puts on her costume, she says, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing, but she says like, uh, dress at, dress like you're um, the opposite, basically of who you are. She puts a witch mask on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, it's so much funnier when you're older. <laughs> oh, man, and, and I just want to like get back to like, there's some like, you know, great lines of dialogue in this too. Like, like kid kids saying things like 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 this wasn't notarized or saying welcome to the 20th century 
or like the one line that Charlie Brown says where he's just like, we have a uh, different denominations, you know, <laughs> when, when, when Linus is just like, why are you making fun of me for liking the great pumpkin when you like Santa Claus? You know, I'm not saying the exact line, of course, but it's just, that's one of my favorite, um, favorite <laughs> little moments. What adds to that is that unlike a lot of like things that we watch, like for example, we watch the Rugrats, all of those babies on the Rugrats are voiced by adults. Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. And this, um, this is the, all these are, are kids as far as I know, unless Snoopy is voice, you know, probably voiced by an adult who can just do a lot of sound effects or <laughs> I can't do Snoopy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But I, it adds, it adds to like the humor of it, but also just the overall like sincerity of the special, which is something that, that Linus says, like that, like it was like the most sincere pumpkin patch or, or yeah. something to like, that. like the, like the great pump, the great pumpkin only goes to the most sincere pumpkin patch. Here's the thing. All right. Just real quick. Like as far as like, cause it's funny to think like when you watch this special, I don't ever actually think of the plot all that much. I just think of like the little moments you know, like um, uh, Snoop, the great scene with Snoopy and like the the doghouse dog fight, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, the World War One flying ace, or um, with Charlie Brown and just everything that happens to him. Just listen, we have one bad night in our radio thing. I, I still think Charlie Brown might have had a worse Halloween. <laughs> Did he get his leg lopped off though? No, but he was a model for a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> that's that that sucks i'm sorry charlie but um like the as far as like the plots of these particular shorts there's like three main storylines there's everything with charlie um the uh the whole um narrative like the main narrative with linus you know the which is like a satire of santa claus more or less which we'll probably talk a little bit more about but probably, especially uh, the way it relates to a movie that came out last year, Snoopy's storyline, or as uh, we like to call it, Snoopy as directed by Sam Mendes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1917 with Snoopy. That was going to be my letterbox review was uh, Snoopy's World War I uh, dogfight adventures is greater than 1917. <laughs> <laughs> if only Roger Deakins did the cinematography for it, that it would have been like, oh my god. Listen, I, th- I, 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 like, I think he just watched uh, this special and was like, "I'm gonna make that someday and win an Oscar, win an Oscar for that." Obviously, I'm kidding. Please do not quote me on that. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get a phone call from Roger Deakins lawyer. Like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. The funniest thing is that would be the biggest thing that would ever happen to this show. <laughs> that oh my god, now I kind of want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the, like the Snoopy dogfight stuff, like when you think about like a holiday special, right? You like to think that everything is just like tied together by like the specific like theme of like the, like the season, you know? Yes, and, yes. And it's just Snoopy. It, it, it's, I don't want to say it's trippy, but it's like surreal what happens with this, like Snoopy. It's so surreal. But I guess it kind of connects with Halloween in the sense that you... You put on the costume and you sort of embody whatever, you know, you're you're sort of um, dressed up as. But it's still a stretch when you think about it. I might argue that Snoopy is more than just any person in a costume. He's a cosplayer. Like, like seeing, like, some of, like, those cosplayers. Like, like, I remember one time when I went to San Diego Comic-Con. Well, it was the only time I went to San Diego. And I complimented on a guy who was wearing a 
Ezio uh, Auditore de Firenze outfit, which is the character from the Assassin's Creed games from the like first like few of them. And I commented him on that, but he was in full like Ezio mode. So like when I said costume, he's like, "This is not the costume, Signor. This is my garb." Like I'm so I'm so sorry, sir. Like I, was, like, I kind of offended him. Like I'm so sorry. So like, so like Snoopy, Snoopy like feels like more than just like any old trick or treater because he gets into it, and it's it's like a great it's like a great um kind of metaphor in a way for even though it's a dog, it's a great metaphor for like child imagination. Yeah. And like it's 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 cool that they took like a simple thing like him just sitting on his doghouse, which he always does, and then turns it into this amazing fight scene, like this amazing airplane like battle with just sound effects, and then him just like moving his arms like, and then when he lands and he's in the countryside like 1917 style, but you see like French signs and you see buildings that had fallen apart, so like it adds to like the whole imagination, like you're seeing it in his eyes and it's from his. Uh, mindset so it's like really really cool but it's so surreal yeah no definitely absolutely um actually in in a weird way and i was talking about this earlier but it just made me think of this example again you have not seen boss baby right i have not seen boss baby good keep it that way but (laughs) but there are sequences where like the little boy and the alec baldwin baby have like these scenes where it's like their imaginations are running wild you know basically and they're like pretending to be pirates or explorers or you know like like superheroes or whatever you know and the, it's a, it's very outlandish you know and they're using things as different props but they, they're able to visualize it sort of it kind of makes me think of think of that a little different but yeah i mean this this special it's like i was thinking about it like it, it's not as much of a structured thing as i was remembering it to be i mean obviously there's a structure to it but it's not like a direct like oh it's all about the great pumpkin and trick-or-treating and all that there's other things that happen it's more like a series of moments really like there's not like like you like lioness is like you can quote unquote say it's the main narrative and like the main point of discussion because it's the title but there's the whole trick-or-treating stuff there's the halloween party there's everything with snoopy like there's a, there's definitely a lot going on in the special which you know is it's definitely interesting um that when you when you when you think of it it's like you know what's the what, what's the great pumpkin about well it's about linus you know waiting in the pump waiting at his most sincere pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin but it's like well it's it's about a lot of other things because there's a lot that happens in it and i think again like that that those moments it sort of adds to the the childlike quality of this whole of this whole thing. I'm going to go back to like sincerity for a bit. Um, I know I was talking about alluding to it earlier, but one of the things I was thinking about was like, you know, the characters in Charlie Brown, I know people say like, Oh my gosh, it's so wholesome and all that. And my thing with Charlie Brown is I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know. Like it's wholesome in a sense, but I, I would more classify it as more sincere and honest as far as like the portrayal of childhood like you have kids calling each other like blockhead oh i agree with blockhead that. or like you know what like again like the football gag charlie brown's like oh no i'm not gonna just like land on my back and kill myself you know like they're, they're saying things that i feel like you know real kids would say it, it it isn't just like you know a manufactured like again boss baby where it's like oh we got to check this off we got to check this off okay do we add this to the movie yep we're gonna check this off like this doesn't this special does not feel like it was made by committee it genuinely feels like a series of adventures 
you know, series of events that kids would get actually realistically get themselves into. And actually, this goes back to like, one of my favorite moments in the whole special is towards the end where it's like it's after like a really long night. You know, he's been waiting. The, the Great Pumpkin never showed up. He was a big old fat no show. Right. And Lucy comes out, you know, she's kind of like begrudgingly doing this. You know, she comes out, brings Linus back inside uh, inside to the house, you know, and it's like, she still loves her, you know, bro- it's still her brother, you know, she's got to take care of him, but she's still just like, man, this, this idiot, you know, doing this, <laughs> this, like, this blockhead, this blockhead doing this. So I kind of like that portrayal of child and it also reflective in like the art style of this too. Cause like you have scenes where characters are blushing or like ha- they have like embarrassed faces and it just looks like somebody took a colored pencil and scribbled over them. Yes. Or like there's like squiggles of smoke. Squiggles of smoke for Snoopy's, uh, you know, doghouse plane or whatever. It's simplistic and it works really well. The way that everything's animated. It was funny watching it too because it kind of made me think of South Park and like early South Park animation yeah. and how it was like car- cardboard, uh, like cutouts, like uh, like like construction paper cutouts. Which, like, if you want to go with like like the super quote unquote like realistic version of kids, <laughs> you can go with South Park, but. I would definitely agree that Peanuts is probably a lot more sincere than that it is like wholesome. I think people think wholesome mostly because you think of a modern point of view when it comes to like viewing things that are made for kids and when you think of Peanuts it it, it comes off more wholesome than maybe some things but at the same time like when you when you really look at it it's it doesn't feel necessarily like wholesome as uh, it more feels like you were saying, like more sincere and just more honest, but maybe in a PG or G rated way. But it still like very much reflects childhood in a really good way. Like I'll put it to you like this too: if it wasn't for like the fact that it's like branded as the Peanuts and like Charlie Brown and all that, you know, if it w- didn't have that, I don't know if this would have the longevity. I mean, it would have the longevity because I think it's well made and all that, but. Because people have that association with those characters, yeah. you know, and they go, oh, wait a minute, they're they're kind of like this? I don't remember it being maybe exactly like that. I will say real quick, this le- this does, um, I think part of it as well is also, like, the marketing and the merchandising of Peanuts being, like, like you like you go to Hallmark store or you, you see a lot of Peanuts stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And obviously just, like, uh, just the, 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 the Christian connections that the Peanuts have... And like everything, so people think a lot of those elements, if if they think of that stuff, and that might go towards them feeling that it is a quote unquote a wholesome cartoon. One thing I wanted to bring up because this is actually really recent news, and it was funny because when we were planning this this episode, we sort of planned last minute, yeah, but not not last minute to the point where we were trying to cut into the breaking news of the of this, which is that the that the Peanuts characters and like Charlie Brown and all that for the first time in decades, the, those specials will not be airing on reg on traditional broadcast TV. They will instead be available on streaming exclusively through Apple TV plus. <sighs> I like how it's woo woos. <laughs> good grief. Good. Oh, good grief. so no this was definitely like of all the double features we've done this was the hardest one to do as far as watching because first off um we tried to do i tried like 
I don't own it physically. You you bought the physical Blu-ray of it with like a set. I tried. I mean, I could have just bought it honestly, but I'm trying to conserve. If I'm being honest, but uh, I tried to get it digitally. It wasn't available. Like it wasn't on Vudu. It wasn't on iTunes. It wasn't or I yeah iTunes. It wasn't on um, Movies Anywhere. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere. And when I was trying to find the Blu-ray at the stores, so I can just order it online and go to the store, no one had it. Like literally, not even not even kidding. No one had this freaking movie there was dvds but i'm not gonna buy a dvd honestly i'm i'm a i'm a snob like that but um i just could i could not find this movie anywhere and um when they made the announcement about the apple tv thing it kind of started to make sense like why is it so hard to find this thing like it it should just easily be available on you know voodoo or any of these other like uh, streaming uh, platforms that like you know that like clouds I guess you could say for digital movies why isn't it not there like it just doesn't make any sense and so I just said screw it and I did the free trial um, for Apple TV plus which I don't have an Apple TV thing or the app so I just watched it on my phone which was kind of awkward but it looked nice like it was actually like really good quality uh, watching it on my phone but that's so weird. I mean, I get they probably want to adapt more to the times by having it be available in streaming, but the exclusivity of it, like, especially, like, that seems weird. I mean, I get it, but it's like... And somebody was pointing this out, too, but, like, they were saying, like, well, technically, if you have an internet connection, and if you get it on an Apple TV, it's technically cheaper than if you went the broadcast... <laughs> route because a lot of like broadcast like packages or like basic cable packages like say if you got if i got like you know i have hulu like live tv which is mm -hmm. like about 60 bucks a month and it's like technically that's way more expensive than paying five dollars a month to x i mean again I'm, I'm i'm getting more other stuff you know i get that but like yeah if you're getting a basic cable package or whatever that's technically more expensive than just going on the apple tv but at the same notion not every place, I mean, not every place has, like, really good internet, you know, or for streaming and all that stuff. And not everybody has an Apple TV. Or even, like, because, like, I think, don't you need the Apple TV thing? Like, can you get the Apple TV Plus, like, think app on, like, Roku I or something? You, uh, My mom watches Apple TV on the Amazon, like, Fire Stick, actually. Okay. Okay, that's but good. But Apple... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still, your your thing is valid. I mean, in a lot of cases, you only have Apple TV if you get, like, if you buy a new Apple product, they'll get, I'll throw it in for you sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, or, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, regardless, I'm glad at least you got, like, a free trial thing. That way, you, you know, you didn't have to spend a gazillion dollars to, to watch yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah, and that's, it was, it's free for a week, and so if I want to watch it again, and if I ever, if I want to check out anything else, I probably won't, but... Honestly, I probably forget uh, after a couple of days, like, oh, yeah, I have Apple TV. I could watch something on there for a second. But I think that that move not only shows just the changing of the times as far as, like, the peanuts needing to adapt. It's also just Apple recognizing, like, I'm just going to compare it to something like, oh, I don't know, Disney. Disney has, like, all of, like, the major IPs in the world. You know, you have, like, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney Animation, Pixar, all that stuff. Apple is trying to compete as far as that stuff's concerned, because they do have critically acclaimed things on there. Like I've heard for all mankind is really good. The morning show has, has was nominated for a bunch of Emmys and you know, they have other stuff that you could, 
you know, get through there, but Apple's trying to catch up with these other services, you know, and they don't have serious, like, oh my goodness, like, when you look at HBO, you think of Game of Thrones and a couple other things. You look at Disney+, Plus, you got Mandalorian. Netflix, you got Stranger Things and some of the other programs that are on there. Apple doesn't have anything like that. And not saying Peanuts is going to become, like, the dominating force in streaming, but, like, if you want to watch Peanuts, you got to go through Apple now. Yeah. So, there's that. And it's going to take you a second to find the Blu-ray unless you just order it online, which is fine but if you want if you're in a store and you'd rather get it that way it's it's going to be very hard honestly yeah, i would just honestly if, if you have a pl- blu-ray player and if you like watching these specials and I, I would just pick them up on blu-ray if you don't want to get apple if you can find them on blu-ray yeah that is i'm sure somebody is like scalping them you know right now <laughs> <laughs> like you just see like a shady looking dude with a trench coat like snagging them all from stores and like and then you just see him with a mask on but it's on his chin it's like want to buy a peanut <laughs> like sir close your coat now i have a child with me i do not want to see oh it's movies it's actually kind of funny too because i obviously have it on blu-ray and the last time i saw it was like vhs it is so weird watching it in high definition and there's 4k versions yes there's 4k versions of the peanut specials you can watch charlie brown's miserable face in 4k now that is how you celebrate halloween folks <laughs> that is how you do it Oy vey. but anyway get, getting off of consumerism for a brief moment on this program i just i just really like this special quite a bit and a lot of the other peanut stuff because again it just feels like it feel and obviously adults were involved in the making of this but like it feels like something from like the mind of a child and it feels like adventures and scenarios that would occur in childhood it's simple it's it's uh funny it's, it's really funny and it's especially like you know i know we, we keep mentioning this but it's definitely something worth watching uh these days just to like calm your nerves and take you away for whatever unfortunate nonsense uh is happening in the world right now so it's it's definitely a nice in that regards like a nice like getaway for a second yeah i was actually watching this with with my mom uh we didn't watch this together you watched it on your iphone on your on your phone and i watched this on blu-ray and it was it was kind of fun fun watching with my mom but she's just like Oh my goodness! Charlie Brown gets gets the rock that many times. Oh my goodness! <laughs> which is which is funny, just because like like I guess that was a thing back when this first aired on TV. Like so many people were so upset that like Charles Schulz kept getting bags of candy every Halloween, like to Charlie Brown, because the people were so sad that he <laughs> all he got was rocks. <laughs> so you it's like your your. Your mom's going to have to, like, get a bag of candy ready for Charlie for Charlie Brown and be like, we need to send this now. I Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, that was, uh, it's a, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. We're going to take a brief, brief intermission, uh, kick some footballs and, you know, dunk, get some apples and uh, hopefully get some candy. But in the meantime, you can listen to the fifth and final installment of Two Dudes, One Bad night. Want to see me do a backflip over this here gorge? Yes! Gotta build up some speed! Slim, slim, slim! (laughs) I've never felt so alive! (laughs) If there's one thing I learned from the time in Afghanistan, it's to 
you should always drive fast and take chances. How far to your cathedral, son? Just around the corner, Slim. There she is. Wait. Stop the bike. What's the matter, son? Brian's Idaho potato truck is parked out front. Could it be that Brian had the lack of judgment to kidnap my friend and then bring him to my house? That fool! Well, that's darn dumb. You got your side of cold steel? I do indeed. Do you have the main course of verbal abuse? Brian's a low-down, pesky buzzard doggone it. Looks like we got ourselves a two-course family dinner for one. Slim, whittle me a grappling hook so we can get in through the bell tower. Well, that right there is a tall order, son. But if there was one thing I learned during the French Revolution, it's how to whittle a grappling hook. Observe. Just a little off the top, a little off there. Give me a second, boy. Don't rush me. Grapple. There you go, one grappling hook. French style. Hand it over to a fella who knows something about cathedral bell towers. Dang, all right. Here you go, son. Okay, hop on my back, Slim. We'll make like a fish and walk up the tower with the ease of a baby goat. Dang dong! Here we come, young son of a gun! <clears throat> Getting up there. <clears throat> Watch your step, old timer. Don't patronize me, boy. I'm as sure-footed as a beanstalk on Christmas Day. Oh, daggum! Sorry about the rotting floorboard. I've got a contractor coming on Tuesday to inspect the foundation, and then we're looking into getting the walls and ceiling removed next week. Sounds like a full-scale renovation, son. Oh, God! Who in the hay is that? That's just Nosferatu. What's so daggum funny? Slim, I told you, it's just Nosferatu. He has a weird laugh. Quick, whittle me an elevator so we can get down in style. Can do. Would you like a plush interior? Or the kind that helps you appreciate the finer things in life? The latter would keep me grounded. I'll make it as unreliable as possible then. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Say it. No, I don't want to. Just say it like I told you. I went to all this trouble to get the Mayono AUPM419 condenser microphone set, just like the one you use. Listen, Brian. I use the Mayono AUPM420. Some fan you are. Not the 419? I don't use the 419. I use the 420. Get the wax out of your ears. Well, at least I'm making an effort here. The least you could do is humor me and say the intro like I told you. Uh, I'm dude one. And I'm dude two. And today we've got a great little double feature line. For the last time, I'm not hosting this podcast with you. You said you were going to kill me when I woke up. Just do it. I know I said I wanted to kill you, but I changed my mind. I think this could still work. We don't necessarily need Joey. I can be your co-host just as well as Joey can. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) You (laughs) co-host a podcast with me. Let me fill you in here, buddy, okay? Don't say something you'll regret later. (laughs) I wouldn't co-host with you if you were the last dude on Earth. I know you don't mean that. Look at you. 
You're pathetic. You're a wet noodle. You're in this big, stupid cathedral. Listen, your dad was so much scarier than you were. Much better psycho killer. Shut up! <laughs> it's not just because you're ugly. It's also just because your personality sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Smash some pottery. Does that make you feel like a big, scary murderer? You're lame. Shut up! Your gear? Lame. No, it's not! Your secret lair? Super lame. No, it's not! Your face? Shut up! Ugly. No, I'm not ugly! You're just jealous because the cathedral is so much cooler than your studio! Are you kidding me? This place is terrible for recording! No, it's There's not! There's no soundproofing. It's so reverby. I can hear what I said ten minutes ago, bouncing off the pure asbestos they used to build this rinky-dink clubhouse. I hate you! Dude, you are not even scary. What's your signature thing? Shut up! The fact you're from Idaho? Lame. No, it's not! Lame, dude! Your dad had the whole chainsaw clown thing going for him. That was scary. Stop dragging my father into it! He has nothing to do with this! Your dad was scary as heck. He had the whole circus full of dead people and giant iron doors. What do you have? Nosferatu? He lives here. He probably just came with the property. He's like leftover furniture. That's not yours. And if I'm being frank, if I'm being completely, just utterly honest with you, this cathedral was so much scarier without you. Richard, I'm so disappointed in you. You sound so nice on the podcast. How can you be such a jerk in real life? Can we just hurry this along? I got a lot of other things I could be doing right now. Like, I don't know, you promised death? Okay, just wait. I need to think. I, I have to think for a minute. Oh, I can't think with that old man whittling that elevator so loudly. Can you keep it down up there? Okay, fine. Just hurry up, all right? Ooh. Kill him, Brian. Oh, looky, look who we have here. It's Christo, the unkillable clown. Were you still unkillable when I shot you in the face a bunch of times? You know what? I wish you weren't a ghost so I could kill you with gun. You got lucky when you killed me, you lucky dog, you. I got lucky? Sure. You can call it luck if that makes you feel better. Listen here, you little smuggins. If your friend hadn't shot me in the back, you never would have gotten a chance to pump me full of lead and I'd still be alive right now. I'd still be alive right now. That's how you sound. Dad, what are you doing back so soon? I thought I told you to go haunt your circus tent while my friends were here. Silence! Christo, the Spectre Clown haunts whichever dilapidated structure he sees fit. Okay, fine. Just go haunt in the bell tower for a few minutes. I'll do it because I want to, not because you tell me to. Wow, Christo's ghost is here. This place is simply crawling with street urchins. On the bright side, your elevator's done finished, boy. Hop on for a humbling experience. Fingers crossed this ride will make me a little more down to earth. The music was a nice touch. A little smooth jazz to soothe your jangle bird. Ah! 
What? What, what is this? Is this a rescue? This is pathetic. You got a lot of nerve trespassing on my property and kidnapping my friend. I'll see you in court, rapscallion. This isn't your property. Yes, it is. My uncle Thaddeus D'Angelo's left it to me when he died. Sorry for your loss, boy. What? You, you still believe that? Yes. Look, man. This cathedral's condemned. It, it belongs to the bank. Dad and I have just been squatting here while we hide from my ex-wife. Uncle Thaddeus isn't real? No. But, but what about Aunt Brianetta? No, there was never an Aunt Brianetta. You never owned this cathedral and Uncle Thaddeus never existed, okay? No. No, you're lying! I made the whole thing up just to get you and Richard here to Booger Hole so I could convince you to make me the third dude in the podcast. Dude, ever heard of the post office? Pencil and paper? Why didn't you just write us a letter? I wrote you 3,657 letters, and I never got one response. Wait. The solarium was simply filled with bags of letters to these two dudes. Listen up, rookie. The day a celebrity commits a crime is the day a clown performs a chainsaw amputation. It simply would never happen. Wait a minute. Don't think too hard. You might hurt yourself. I can't let you leave without signing my Justin Bieber Never Say Never DVD copy. 3,657 letters. Text Redder in the Butter Suites coming in hot to see their You can stash this little baby in your 1997 Honda Accord and you'll still be smoking gold-plated cigarettes by noontime tomorrow. 1997 Honda Accord? Are you... are you that guy? Brian from Idaho, who's been sending me fan mail for the past five months? You haven't figured that out yet! Go get my chainsaw from the linen closet, son. Stay in the bell tower, Dad! I'll do whatever I want. Oh, I'm getting a headache. Well, I'm not partial to you, but I can wheel you an Advil if you need one, boy. Slim! Oh, whoops, I mean, you dirty dog. If you won't kill them, I will. Just let me handle this, Dad! I can't kill them yet! You need to start keeping a chainsaw on your pants, son. That's what I call thinking, Mr. Clown. There's one thing I don't learn from the Battle of Berlin. It's that you should always keep a chainsaw on your pants. Hold up, did you say Battle of Berlin? How old are you? Let me put it this way, son. When Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, he already had three missed calls from yours truly. I don't need a chainsaw! I have a gun! I have a really cool secret lair. <coughs> lame. <coughs> it's not lame. It is kind of lame. Nosferatu is the scariest part, and he's pretty nice. Stab him in the groin, son. He's asking for it. Shut up, Dad. You're not taking control of the situation. I am in control. I have the victim tied to a chair. I'm pointing my gun at his head. Oh, Richard, no! <laughs> Oh, dang, I did not mean to do that. You did good, son. I mean, honestly, this is a relief. He was really starting to get on my nerves. Oh, son, it's all right, boy. There ain't nothing you can do. It ain't like you got a little cutie of a gun stuffed in your pants. My gun! What the heck is that? This isn't a gun. It's a toy. Magnum Pete did me dirty. I'd say for six skee-ball tokens, it's a dang good deal. Go kill him, kid. Okay, look, I didn't want to do this, Joey. I really wanted this to work out. Aw, oh, heck. Son, 
While those two chuckleheads were fighting betwixt themselves, I whittled the snake pit under these rotten floorboards. Good thinking, Slim. Now, provoke the scoundrel. Brian's a poopy head. Are you gonna let that little Weisenheimer talk to you like that and get away with it? What do you want from me, Dad? I'm walking over to kill him. You're not walking fast enough. Okay, I'll walk faster. Whoa! Oh! By Joe, success! Hmm. Slim. Yes, sir? He's not dying hard enough. You want him to die harder? Uh-huh. Next time, give me a challenge, boy. To increase this old rascal's suffering, we simply release the snow leopard to finish the unlucky bastard off. Satisfied? Yeah, that was a suitably painful death for a little stinker like him. Wow. I mean, I know he was my son, but that was a great death. I wish that I thought of the snake pit and snow leopard combination. Congratulations, boys. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Mr. Clown. That was a pretty great death, wasn't it? Well, as much as I admire you, I'm going to have to go through the whole vengeance for my son charade. Come again? Observe as Christo the ghostly clown possesses the dead body of your friend. What? These shenanigans are getting awful tiresome. Joey! Richard, you're alive! Son, I, I don't think... Buddy, come untie me. Sure thing, pal. Son, that ain't Richard. Be gone, naysayer. My friend's alive. We don't need you anymore, old man. You mean you don't need old man Slim Whittles anymore? I think we can show ourselves out, Mr. Whittles. Thanks for your help, but Richard and I will be fine for now. Well, I'm pretty sure that ghost clown possessed your buddy's body. I'm planning on killing you once you untie him. But if there's one thing I've learned from my minor role in Apocalypse now, is that you should always just abandon your friends. Fare thee well, boy. Fare thee well, Slim Whittles. Oh, Slim! Yes, son? You still need me? Do you have the wooden leg you whittled, my friend? Oh. Oh, yeah. Here, here she blows, son. Thanks, Slim. Okay, now scram! Old man Slim Whittles knows when he's been kindly invited to leave. I guess I'll just go back to my Winnebago out in the foothills and eat my meager supper of beans in a deep breath while I sit in the dark alone. Good, the old man is gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll go get my chainsaw from the linen closet. Take your time. Joey! Ah! Who are you, apparition? It's me, Richard. Well, dead, but it's me. I'm a lot more transparent since last you saw me. But you're not a ghost. I just saw you running to the linen closet to get your chainsaw. Joey! Why would I have a chainsaw in the linen closet of Brian's Cathedral? Uh, good point. I'm coming back! Crystal possessed my body! He's coming back! Run! I'm back! For my first trick, a classic. The iron doors will block the exits. Iron doors again? <laughs> Where do you get iron doors? Is there a surplus store somewhere? Slim's elevator. Maybe we can get one last ride out of it. Come back so I can kill you. Oh, come on. 
Come on. Phew. Wow, music was a nice touch. Lovely, isn't it? Did he whittle a stereo? Okay, let's get to the bell tower and go back down the grappling hook. Christo's coming up the elevator, hurry! Where's the rope? It fell to the ledge, I can't reach it. You don't have time! Go back inside and find another way down! Here's Ricky! Sanctuary! Sanctuary! Let me just relieve you of those cumbersome arms. No! Joey, don't look at your stuff! You go to your happy place, Joey, where you have two arms! Slim, you came back! I done forgot to give you the self-destruct button for your leg! Oh, God! What? The self-destruct button? Yep. And old man Slim Whittle's trigger finger's just itching to press it. Well, I guess I should just blow your leg up, you dang donkey. Yes! Slim, Slim, Slim! Well, it was fun while it lasted. Why don't you go possess your son's body? Joey! Brian's body? Gross. Guess I'll go haunt my circus. Yeah. Slim, I've been relieved of my arms. Well, I had a feeling I needed to whittle some arms on my way back over here. There you are, son. Wow, these look so realistic. What are they made of? Arms. Ugh, disgusting. Whoa, cool. Well, boys, I guess it's time for Slim Whittles to move on. I can go back home to Miss Whittles. Little Slim Jr., Slim the Third, Slimette, Slimetta, and my dog Slim! Goodbye, Slim. Bye, Mr. Whittles, and thank you. Well, Richard's ghost, I guess we can help ourselves to the potato mobile. Make like Gary Schweitzer and hit the open road. You know, ghost life is really agreeing with me, Joey. I mean,. I don't have to change my clothes ever. I can just walk through things. I don't have to wait for anything. I don't have to poop anymore. That's a bonus. Ooh, that would be fun. <sighs> you know, after all this, you not getting a cathedral, me not having a life, at the end of it all, at least we have each other. And we can still do the podcast. I mean, I just need a headset like that can fit over my head without you know falling through my entire body. I'm sure Sony makes one. I am sorry you lost your arms, though. I know, I, I know the feeling. You know, sometimes when life saws off your arms, it's always helpful to list the things I'm grateful for: slim whittles, explosive wooden legs, our friendship, and this potato truck that works like a dream. Uh oh. Please tell me we're not breaking down right now. I am not breaking down oh, right now. Not again. Well, at least we're on the highway. Let's get out and flag down a kindly motorist. And we're back! I actually liked that one, honestly. <laughs> I, was, I was very proud of that one. Welcome back! Two dudes, one double feature. Uh, first off, before we really get into any, into this second half, 
Um, I got to give a massive, uh, massive thank you uh, and appreciation to everybody that uh, participated in this uh, little radio drama that we were doing, Two Dudes, One Bad Night. Uh, Allison Cola, Andrew Gifford, Allison Andrews, uh, Chris Olivier, Alex Wykey, um, you, Joey, uh, everybody was fantastic, but uh, uh, especially John and Kenny Armstrong. You know, they do the music on this, but they've been working on this alongside of doing the music. And I know it's tough, uh, but it's it's definitely a lot of fun. And I'm, and they did an amazing job. Like every single week getting one of these parts has been absolutely amazing and listening to it. It's been so much fun. I, I really loved doing it. And uh, it's so good. It's so good. You guys did amazing. Everybody did amazing amazing stuff we have a bunch of friends who are great voice actors like what 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 up why aren't we in the industry i i was thoroughly blown away by by people you know by hearing some of the voices on there it was just like the vocal performances you know um that we were able to get out of them is really fantastic and of course john and kenny uh huge huge shout out to them uh if if i can buy you a bunch of drinks i would uh, right now, but um, I'll have to, you know, we'll have to that, slip that as an IOU. Plus, I think Kenny's 20, so he might not be old enough. I was mentioning soda. <laughs> I don't drink either, honestly, so. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I, so. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to make sure. No, we do not condone underage drinking on this program. I just need to get that out there. We do not condone that at all. If you're doing that right now, please stop. And if you need help, get help. Please do. Um, but those, in all seriousness, um, John and Kenny, you guys are incredible. You are magical. Um, in all honesty, this podcast wouldn't be really all that much without you guys. It's it's really four dudes, one double feature. You guys are very much a part of this as much as Joey and I are. So you guys are amazing. Absolutely. But anyways, moving on. So we talked about It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And... One of the weird things, we talked about this in the in, in a couple episodes ago, when it comes to Halloween, there's not really a lot of movies that are about Halloween. There's a lot of horror movies, a lot of scary movies that are just great traditions for you know many different people and many different movies that people watch during this time of year. There's one called Halloween that I'm sure a lot of people watch, uh, which is a, an amazing movie. It's a classic. Halloween Town. Halloween Town, Yes. Um, but there's just not a lot of the a lot of movies that are actually about the holiday itself or like the traditions or uh, the the backstory or like the history of it a little bit. It's just like some a lot of the movies are just set during Halloween. Like, you know, as much as I love Halloween, it's not about Halloween. It's just a, a hor- it's like a slasher movie set during Halloween. Mm-hmm. But our next movie is is 110 percent a movie about Halloween, and that is the 2007 horror anthology film Trick or Treat. Joey, stop it! It scares me. God. Actually, uh, like going off of like things that are specifically like Halloween based and or like versus like horror, I feel like this movie is kind of like this. I said this in my letterbox review. This movie's like at the border of spooky and like really like scary because there's some there's some like pretty like oh my gosh moments in this 
but I feel like it's kind of mixed in with all of like the trappings of Halloween and mixed with like the like the the other um like thematic elements of this where it's not like there are movies that are way scarier than Trick or Treat, but like oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. There, there's some and like this is a very like a nice like it's definitely not for kids mm. I would say, but it's it's one of those movies where I feel comfortable showing this to somebody who was maybe not as into watching like a straight up horror movie and just wanted to watch something with a little bit of a spook. It's got it's got a little uh, whimsy, I guess is another good word for mm. it. A little bit of spooky, a little bit of whimsy to it. In a weird way, it kind of plays off like a Halloween special that's a movie. Yeah. So it definitely has that kind of feeling to it, similar to, to It's a Great Pumpkin, where it kind of feels like it's a, like a, or like you were mentioning Halloween Town. Like it almost has that kind of same appeal to it, but it just happens to be an R-rated horror movie. Yeah. And also, also this movie is very short. It is, it is, it is very short. Actually, I have the Blu-ray in front of me, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, which I really love. It is exactly 82 minutes long. Fun fact. Yeah. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Was there a cat? Oh, I stepped on one. I'm sorry. No, that's my uh, my Owen Wilson. Um, my spooky Owen Wilson. Wow. wow. Oh, I thought I stopped. I, honestly, I thought I stepped on Judy Dench for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm sorry judy (laughs) oh my goodness uh trick or treat though trick or treat um do you remember like i i I asked this about charlie so i'm asking this for a trick or treat do you remember the first time you watched this at all yeah so it was a while when when did krampus come out krampus came out in 2004 16 2015 i think it was might have been 2015 i can't remember off the top of my head but like I feel like it was around then, or maybe a little bit before. I feel like I, you know, but I remember picking this up, this Blu-ray up, as I pick up a lot of Blu-rays at Suncoast. I picked up for like ten bucks, and I had heard about you know some good, really good things about Trick or Treat, and I was like, oh, Brian Cox is in this, Anna Paquin's in this, you know, and of course I was hearing about Krampus coming out, and you know, same, um, uh, same, same filmmaker. director, Michael Doherty, yes. And uh, I watched it, and I really liked it. We watched it together. Did we watch it together? Yeah, we watched Krampus together. Remember that? Oh, uh, well, Krampus we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Not Trick or Treat. Tree. Oh, no, 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 no sorry. Trick or Treat I watched. No, you're good. Uh, Trick or Treat I watched on my own, and I really I really dug it, honestly. Um, it was not exactly what I was expecting, because I guess because when you look at... I was looking at the cover, right? And just when you see the font... And you just know it's a, a spooky, at least a spooky movie. I was expecting it to be a lot like, ah, ah, like I was expecting to like jump out of my couch a couple times, but <laughs> I wasn't. Thankfully, I had a good time. That's good. Also, Krampus did come out in 2015. Fun fact. Okay. I just I just looked it up. Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually remember the first time I watched it was I remember. Because it was one of those movies, like, fun fact, for those of you who don't know, uh, Trick or Treat did not have a major theatrical release. It it had festival releases, and it was released in certain um, in certain theaters, but it wasn't major, and it wasn't a wide release. Um, it's big it's big release, especially for a movie that became, like, super successful, and it's, like, a really big cult movie. It had a home video release in 2009, three years literally after it had had 
any kind of uh, theater attention at all. And I just remember a lot of friends on social media and Twitter and Facebook and stuff mentioning this little uh, horror movie that was kind of about Halloween that was uh, was like a Pulp Fiction Halloween. Like it was like an anth- like there's a lot of different anthology movies like in uh, horror. There's like the the Twilight Zone movie or Creep Show, which is a very popular one from George Romero and Stephen King. Um, uh, but with this one, it, it took a bit of a different route in kind of having it tie all the different stories that happen in the movie together. And I just remember a lot of people talking about it. And so I was just scrolling through uh, my video on demand service, which is it's still around, but it's not like you know everybody else just goes on Netflix or something. But I had to like buy this through my uh, cable service at the time, which seems weird that that's a dated thing, but it kind of is. Oh, time moves by fast. And that wasn't that long ago. No, that was not long ago at all. It was that was 11 years ago, which, I mean, is long, but it's not like, oh. But it's just, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, so I, I decided to watch it, and I honestly, I fell in love with it. Because, like I was, like I was saying, it's there's not really a movie. There's not really a lot of movies that are about Halloween, and so it was really cool to watch this movie. That it's at its at like its main focus is Halloween and the various traditions of Halloween, and and focusing it on a character that is essentially like the quote unquote the mascot, if you will, like like the Santa Claus or Easter Bunny, like the mascot. Of Halloween, or as we were watching it, as I like to consider him, uh, in relation to our other movie, the actual Great Pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that is yes, and that is Sam, who is essentially a little, uh, a little, a very like a very little kid, at least four or five years old, um, in a orange kind of tattered footy pajama with like a burlap huge burlap sack over his head and a really dirty bag of candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I was thinking, now that you bring up like the great pumpkin connection, he actually made me think of a little bit of Linus. Cause instead of like Linus's blanket that he always had, he's dragging around the bag. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't think of that. That's so good. That, Oh my God. Like, could you imagine Linus? Like instead of seeing the great pumpkin just became the great pumpkin. This is, <laughs> It's like a Dread Pirate, like, Roberts thing where it's, like, it just passed on. Exactly! Oh. We need to write this. Where's a pen? (laughs) That would be a cool connection. Oh, man. But that was the first time I watched it was in that, like, video on demand kind of thing. And I really, really dug it. Um, Especially because, like, I was getting, I was really getting into Quentin Tarantino movies at the time. And, you know, obviously Pulp Fiction being one of those. And so it was really cool to, like especially when you watch this so many times and you see like all the different like things that because this all happens in one halloween night to all these different people and you just see like all these different characters show up from different story threads and like a, a bunch of things happening in the background it's really cool yeah no i was um that, that was always like really kind of interesting to me as far as that because i'm familiar with like the twilight zone movie where there, like there's some cool like segments and all that but they don't really have much of a connecting tissue at all and it is kind of nice to see to see that stuff tied in. Like I was thinking back to like the Brian Co- or the Brian Cox storyline, you know, like t- tied into like the earlier storyline 
with uh, a Dylan Baker character, you know, I like to call him uh, Dr. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Connors from the <laughs> Spider-Man movies. <laughs> Your paper on fusion is still overdue. I'm planning to do it on Dr. Otto Octavius. Well, planning is not a major, it's not a, it's not a major at this university. <laughs> Take that, Peter Parker. <laughs> But I love like sometimes how it like subverts what you expect. I was thinking about the scene where he's with his son and they're supposed to oh be my carving. god, they're supposed to be carving stuff. And I get I initially I get it's like the meme where you go like where it's like panic he's gonna kill the kid and you're like calm like okay he didn't kill the kid and you're like panic he killed another kid. <laughs> Dude, that I just remember. Oh my god, I remember when I first saw that scene because like I literally thought because like it was weird. It's crazy enough. To have him be, like, a serial killer and kill kids by poisoning candy, which is, like, you know, the number one rule of trick or... One of the number one rules. Check your candy, because crazy principals, who are actually college professors for superheroes, might put something in it. For sure. It's very specific in the Halloween rulebook. Trust me on that. <laughs> it's in the fine print. Read the fine print. <laughs> but, like, when that moment happens... When, like, the kids downstairs... We're going to spoil this movie. I know we're kind of late on that, but we're going to spoil this movie. This is definitely one of those movies I think you should watch um, blind, honestly. But we're going to... Yeah, sorry for uh, for, for leaking that. <laughs> so so we're going to spoil... We're going to spoil it a We're going to spoil it a lot, actually. Um, so basically, it's like when they... When he goes downstairs, stabs what we assume is his son, and then it pulls back, and the son's like, don't forget to help me with the eyes... And then it's just, like, the kid that he just killed, severed head, like, with his eyes rolled back, and a freaking spinal cord, like, coming out of the neck hole. It's, oh my god. Oh, that actually... And then the kid at the end of the thing, wearing his dad's costume, like, where, like, his, quote-unquote, his costume, like, his outfit. <laughs> like, you're like, that kid. Oh. First off, that is, you're sad that the kid lost both of his parents. But now the kid's gonna be a serial killer. Oh man! Oh, you know what though? I gotta say, I think my favorite like storyline is the Anna Paquin storyline. Yes, yeah. And I completely, I completely forgot how that resolved. Like I knew, <laughs> like I knew she was gonna be fine, but like I wasn't. <laughs> I, I've completely forgot about like, oh my gosh, there's there's like vampires and like wolves, werewolves and things. <laughs> Like, oh my god! Oh my god! It like it's the most of all the shocking like different twists and turns that happen in this movie. That scene, like the 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 campfire, or as I call it, the campfire werewolf orgy, <laughs> is definitely the most surprising. Because you think like, are they witches? Are they like, is he really a vampire? And then that that scene at the end, she just takes his fangs out, pulls the mask off. It's the principal. That was, like, stalking Anna Paquin the whole time while she was wearing a Red Riding Hood costume. And then, like, you see all these dead bodies, and then you see uh, everyone, all the girls are, like, starting to, to dance and, and writhe and pulsate, and, and you know, they're taking their clothes off, so, like, it's, like, uncomfortably sexy. But then, like, they keep stripping. Like, they're taking their clothes off now. They're taking their skin off. And like I even I even love like the weird the weird like allusion to like the back of his zipper on a dress where they like use a nail to carve on um, the one 
sister's back. Yes. To like create that slit on her back so they could pull her skin back. And then you see the werewolf fur underneath, like coated in blood. And like they're like rip, they're like ripping off their legs. Like it's like Magic Mike. It's like it's like Magic Mike in a horror movie. Could you imagine if they if they did like the male equivalent to that? And it's just like Channing Tatum like doing what he does in Magic Mike, but then it's just yeah, that would be a weird twist. Yeah, I've never seen Magic Mike, but if that's how it ends, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm sure that's like the the the, the Magic Mike uh, Halloween uh, installment. Steven Soderbergh, give it a go. You ain't, you ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> just go for it. Oh, but that scene was so wild. And then just um, uh, like the 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 animatronics. There's a great puppet work in this movie too. Yes, yes. Speaking of the werewolves, like just uh, when you see like the that great shot of Anna Paquin, like basically like devouring. Dr. Kurt Connors, Rogue from X-Men. is That's a weird Marvel crossover. <laughs> like, who would have thought Rogue would be going after Dr. Kurt Connors? Uh, but then just having the werewolf right next to her, like, howling was... And then that great shot of Sam by, like, the flaming pumpkin is really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, like, this movie's full of, like, crazy twists uh, and crazy, like, different moments you know, with the the little kid and his dad and the severed head, the the witches like ripping themselves apart. I would say probably like as far as like my least favorite personally is probably the kids storyline. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's just like it's not that it's bad because I I do like the storyline, but it's just um, I think the difference being that like there's not really like a visceral moment. As far as like, because like every other one, you have like this like stinging moment at the end of each of the storylines. Like, uh, you know, with with Brian Cox, you have the kid showing up at the front door, or you have um, uh, the werewolves or the severed head. Um, and granted, you know, the you know Michael Doherty probably just doesn't want to show kids getting hurt, unlike Andy Muschietti when he does the It movies, <laughs> which is you know it's understandable. Um, so you just hear a lot of sound effects that sound really gross when the kids are being ripped apart by, like, zombie kids. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. That was probably my least favorite story, um, storyline, but it's also, like, in, in some ways, arguably the most important mm-hmm. one, because it, it ties back into, it ties back into the Brian Cox character at the, at the very end, so you're just kind of like, okay. I mean, but again, this movie is so short, it doesn't, like, I, I didn't feel like I was like, oh my god, I'm like... I'm wasting so much time yeah. on this, you know, and, th- and that even that one had some like fun moments. Like I loved it when like you see when they're, as they're descending, you see like the pumpkins, like lights go out. Yeah. That's creepy. You know? And that was, oh, that was really good. You know, I, I think there are some definitely, like there's, all, there's some good moments, but it was just definitely that one was like, you're right. The weakest. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the quote unquote, the Canto bite <laughs> scene. Yes. Cause it's important thematically. And for the story, but you're just kind of like looking at your watch, going, "Can we? Can we get? Can, can, we, we, can we like? Can we, where's Sam? Quick, quick up the where's, pace. I, I want, up the pace. Where's Come Sam? On. Can he show up so it can be over?" <laughs> but um, but speaking of Sam, so like Sam, just talking about that character because he's the most important character thematically and just from a narrative standpoint, just like with all these different parts. Because like I said, each of the different four, cause there's about four separate segments and each of them are about different traditions of Halloween or like, and anytime something is broken or something isn't done properly, Sam shows up and not that he ever 
except save for one moment, he never directly um, takes care of anything himself. But he's always there to make sure that you know, quote unquote, karma is is uh, happening. So like, we have the first mm-hmm. the first storyline that's about candy, and the you know, always check your candy, never steal candy. You know, you're being offered candy. Um, but what happens is the the one kid keeps knocking pumpkins over, stealing candy. So what happens? He gets his head chopped off. Uh, the principal exploits uh, what costumes are supposed to be by using them to prey on young women. What happens to him? He gets eaten by werewolves. The kids basically uh, desecrate the, the jack-o'-lantern itself, which is the symbol of Halloween. You know, like we see, like at the beginning of the of the movie, that that small scene with uh, Leslie Bibb's character where she just hates Halloween, um, and she blows the the pumpkin out. That scene's almost like a great scene that, that it, like a great opening scene in general for like everything that follows, because you have someone that hates Halloween that blows out the pumpkin, and then here comes Sam, just like you know, basically slitting her throat and then like redecorating her as a lawn ornament for Halloween. With obviously with Brian Cox's character, he's essentially the Grinch of Halloween, and uh, and Sam, and that's why I feel like it makes a lot of sense to have Sam directly go for him. Like he, like he's just in his house, he's watching cooking shows, um, and scaring kids away from his house, and then taking their candy because he's a jerk like that, and doesn't even eat it. He just bites into it, is gross, and has to chase it down with alcohol. <laughs> Then here comes Sam, like, not in my holiday, man. Mm-mm. He's like, no, 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 You ain't doing that right now, son. And that was probably one of my one of my more favorite scenes in the whole thing, just like just to see Sam really let loose. Yeah, and that and that scene in particular, that one and like when the werewolf stuff's happening, like really made me think of Krampus. Mm-hmm. And like, because I was like, I was thinking about like some of like the crazy like crazy things like a sp- like with sam i was thinking about like the gi- little gingerbread <laughs> especially because there's a scene where um in in both krampus and in trick-or-treat where uh you know the characters get shot with a shotgun and blown to pieces yeah yeah that's yeah there you go um the difference being obviously there's multiple gingerbread men um and also sam can't die yeah, yeah. They, they, he tries, but he doesn't. It doesn't work out so well for him. No. But I did like the little moment though at the end of that where, like, he's about to stab him with his iconic lollipop, like, like jack o' lantern po- lollipop that he has. But it, he stabs into a candy bar and then he takes a bite, and so in like a weird way, he's like being given a piece of candy. So let's like, okay, all right, you gave me a piece of candy, you're safe for now. But if I catch you again. <sighs> but you know either way the uh brian cox still gets it in the end mm-hmm. yeah which it's so funny too because like we joke a lot about how like characters will say the title of the movie and then it's like credits this is one of the first i think it's the first time in our podcast where we've actually had a movie where they say the title of the movie and then the credits roll yes yeah i think that you might be right <laughs> uh it's it's as I, I just thought that was like when that happened i was like oh my god i forgot this happened that's really funny but no i i like even after like watching it all these years i still really really like it's one of those movies that hasn't gotten worse in any way for me 
No, yeah, I think it um I think it really works out nicely. I think it's a really great movie for this time of year. And if you haven't if you've if you've seen it before, definitely pull it out, check it out again. If you've never seen it, definitely definitely check it out now. I mean, like you said there was that um the the Scream Factory Blu-ray mm-hmm. release of it which I'm sure is fantastic and I've been meaning to pick that up for a while now. And I just love the artwork on it too. Like I'm just looking at it right now and I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. Like I like the old cover, but this one's just really cool. Um, and it also comes with, this is really cool. So like going back to like, I guess you could say the Charlie Brown inspiration. Um, when Michael Doherty was in, I believe when he, I believe it's when he was in college. Um, he did a animated short called seasons greetings, which is essentially the precursor to Halloween or not Halloween, but trick or treat, pardon me. And so, like, that's kind of where the character of Sam came from and the basis for that narrative. And it's on the Blu-ray, and it's really, really worth worth uh, watching. Because I think it's on the regular Blu-ray, too. Which, the, um, the... I'm looking at my Blu-ray now. The season... I have seen, like, seasons... The season's greetings. Yeah. 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 Yes. Sorry. I, I spaced out for a second. <laughs> it, like, like, like you were saying, if you, if you have not watched Trick or Treat yet, um... It's definitely not one of the scarier movies, but it's got a lot of cool twists and a lot of like shocking moments. And it's again, it's an it's one of those movies that is about Halloween, which we don't have a lot of, sadly. It, it, at least, especially not like movies that you know. At least like adults, not that adults couldn't watch like a kids movie like Halloween Town or uh, Great Pumpkin, but. It's nice. It's nice to have like a, like a genuine like horror movie that's about Halloween for once. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm glad we decided to make the change for these two movies because honestly, I think that they're pretty much essential viewing as it comes when it comes to like Halloween, you know, movies. They really are, especially Trick or Treat is honestly a tradition. I, I definitely after watching uh, Great Pumpkin after so long, it's definitely got to be added to my list of traditions because that was a lot more fun than I remembered it honestly it's really funny uh you know just all the different lines are still so funny as they were like the last time I watched it and uh all the characters and Charlie Brown's costume like there's a reason that Great Pumpkin has lasted all these years and has never really like no matter who's airing it, like it's still something worth watching every year, even if it means paying X amount of dollars a month or you know finding the Blu-ray from a weird trench coat scalper or something. <laughs> um, and then with Trick or Treat, like the whole intention of Michael Doherty, if I remember correctly, is that he knew that there wasn't a lot of like movies that were genuinely about Halloween, and so he sought to like fix that. And I think he did that very well. And even though it didn't get a massive release, it's it's gained this incredible cult following that has led to all this great, like obviously this merchandise and um, even being a staple of uh, Universal Horror Nights, I guess, from what I've read. that like There's like a Sam area where people can go and have like a trick-or-treat experience, which is really cool. And just being one of those movies that, you know, like no matter like... No matter what year, as long as it's Halloween, I'll pull I'll pull it out of my shelf and put it into my Blu-ray player and just have a good time with it. And so it was it was a lot of fun watching this for the podcast. And like, not that I really need an excuse, but it's nice to 
do it for this because then I get to just yammer on and on about it. It's it's nice to talk about something of quality. And I think this is definitely one of my favorite just double feature pairings because I think the movies themselves just work out so nicely um, as a pairing. And I know I keep saying this, it's so short. I mean, <laughs> two things together don't even, they don't even, it's not even two hours to watch the two of them. And think about this. We actually like, you watched both of them today, which here's like, you know, I, we've said this before. We don't normally watch our movies back to back, which is, you know, kind of the point of a double feature, but we just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Right. But with these, they're so short. Like I just watched Charlie Brown last night cause I couldn't sleep. And then I went to bed and then today we just, you know, he, you know, Joey watched great pumpkin and then watched trick-or-treat and we're already recording and so it's just really nice that we were able to do all that at once for 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 once yes no def definitely um definitely for sure folks 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 that it's 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 kind of incredible that this is the the last of our halloween episodes uh this year mm -hmm. i mean it seemed very daunting that we were going to do five of these episodes um honestly and then top that off with like the two dudes one bad night uh, it's really been kind of a wild ride and it's been a lot of fun. Folks, what are some of your favorite Halloween traditions, spooky traditions, whether they be movies or things that you do? And if you are going trick-or-treating, if you happen to be listening to this before Halloween, because we're putting this up on October 30th, please be careful if you are going out trick-or-treating. For the love of all that is spooky, please be safe and be careful. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, folks... Thanks for listening, and uh, check us out in two weeks. Have a good night, everyone, and happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Features Halloween Special. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special thank you to everyone that was involved in Two Dudes, One Bad Night, our intermission radio drama we've been doing over the past five episodes, including our wonderful cast, Allison Cola, Andrew Gifford, Chris Olivier, Allison Andrews, Alex Wyke, and of course, to John and Kenny Armstrong for putting the thing together. They did incredible work. The show would be nothing without them, too. And we're off next week, so see us again on November 13th when we talk about Phantoms and Shoes. See you then, folks.